0: Hello and welcome to the Selective Mutism Help Home Educational Learning Program podcast. My name is Kelly and I will be your host. This podcast aims to give you the help you need to support the person in your life affected by selective mutism. In this episode, I'll be talking about strategies to help a child with selective mutism start talking. I'll discuss how building rapport is key to helping an SM child, and how understanding the difference between speaking and communicating can guide someone with SM towards the final goal of talking. Let's get started. Welcome to Episode 7 of the Selective Mutism Help Home Educational Learning Program podcast. My name is Kelly, and I am a parent of a child with selective mutism. Being that I'm a parent and not a medical professional, this podcast is for informational purposes only. For some of you with kids that started therapy, the therapist may have jumped right into trying to get the child to speak. They may spend months or years trying different techniques to get the child to speak when they may have missed the very first important component. I feel that as a therapist, as a relative, or as a teacher helping someone with SM, the most important first step is to build rapport with the person with SM. You have to remember that selective mutism is an anxiety disorder. If someone has anxiety, they're going to have a harder time speaking in those situations or to that person where their anxiety is high. If you build rapport with them, their anxiety should hopefully be lowered, which will increase the likelihood of them speaking. I've used the analogy of someone being afraid of dogs before. If someone is afraid of dogs, you're not going to throw them into the dog park. You'll start slow. You'll lower their anxiety by showing them pictures of dogs, by having them listen to dogs barking, by maybe looking at dogs being walked outside a rescue, then going into the rescue to see the dogs closer, and then going into the same room as a dog. Each step is lowering their anxiety and giving them more confidence in their ability to be around dogs. The same goes for someone that is afraid to speak due to their heightened anxiety level. If the therapist says to a child with SM, I can't help you if you don't talk to me, that's going to put way too much pressure on that child, which will increase their anxiety and make it that much more difficult to talk to that person. So where do you start? Start by building rapport. Building rapport doesn't mean asking a child what their favorite color is, how many brothers and sisters they have, what their favorite hobby is. Building rapport is getting to know the child in a way that's comfortable for them. And what's the best way for a child to get comfortable? Through play. Find out from their parents what they like to play with, what their favorite game is. Do they like to color? Do they like to go on the playground? What is is it that really gets them excited? If a child has a lot of difficulty being around strangers, rapport building may have to start with the parents in the room. Have the parents start playing with the child's favorite game before the therapist, the teacher, or grandma comes into the room with them. This favorite game is going to help lower their anxiety level and give them a better opportunity to use their voice to their parents with the other person in the room. If you are the person that you want the child to speak to, your job would be to just comment on the game. Oh, I loved the game Guess Who when I was a kid. That was a great question asking if they had blue eyes. Wow, I can't believe you guessed the right person. You are really good at this game. Imagine how that kid is going to feel inside when they get praised for doing something and they're having fun doing. It's so much more different than a person coming in and saying, which person do you think your mom has? They're going to look at you like you yeah, have four heads if they even look at you at all. They're probably thinking to themselves, who is this person? Why do they want to know which person my mom's card is? And what's, it going to, what's their reaction going to be if I speak to them? If you're the person that the child is trying to speak to, you need to be believable. I feel that kids with anxiety have a better way of reading people's body language and what their true personality is. There have been many times when our daughter will be with people that are trying to help her get to the next level of speaking, and something about their personality just rubs her the wrong way, and she may never be able to speak to them. At the same time, there could be somebody else doing the exact same things, but something about their personality makes it easier for our daughter to speak to them. We often joke that when our daughter did speak to another parent or relative or teacher, that they were part of the chosen few and that our daughter could see something special inside of them. Another way to build rapport, maybe to try and limit the amount of demands you're placing on the child right away. If you're a teacher, I'm sure you ask your students to do a lot of tasks once they first get to school. Come on in, put your backpack away, put your folder in the bin, go pick out what you're having for lunch, go sit down. There's a lot of things that may be thrown at a child right away that may be too much for them and their anxiety takes over. Maybe giving them just one task in the morning. Good morning, go ahead and hang your backpack up and then I'll walk you to your seat. Then maybe later they could put the folder in the bin. Then a little while later they could let you know by pointing if they're having hot lunch or cold lunch. Try not to bombard them with demand after demand after demand, even if you're doing your best to be positive and fun. It just may be too much too soon. One strategy that I mentioned in my last episode was having the parents create an about-me handout for the teachers and other staff at the school. This will give the parents an opportunity to write down the things that the child enjoys. If they enjoy certain board games, reading certain books, watching certain TV shows or movies – what their favorite color is, their favorite type of animal, and whatever else the child is into. That will give the teachers a starting point on topics to talk about to build rapport. I'll leave a link at the bottom for you to be able to download a copy of this and create one for your child's teacher. Again, this isn't for a teacher to look at the paper and ask the child, what's your favorite movie? You have to find a roundabout way to get that information. For example, a teacher could comment on the child's shirt and say something like, I really like your princess shirt you're wearing today. I wonder which princess is your favorite. My favorite is Cinderella because I love her blue dress. Even if the child loves Cinderella and her favorite color is blue, she still may be too anxious to agree. But the feeling that she gets inside, that little sparkle of joy and excitement she felt knowing her teacher likes the same princess as she does, that's going to push away that icky anxiety feeling. And what happens when anxiety is lowered? The child may be at a point where they can start communicating. And that brings me to my next topic. Communicating is more than speaking. It took me a while to realize that. But once I did, I had a better understanding of where my daughter was at. There are so many ways to communicate your wants and needs without having to speak. In order for our kids to feel comfortable speaking, they need to feel comfortable communicating first. Many of the SM specialists will say that the expectation to talk needs to be removed, which may seem backwards. How will a child with SM speak if you don't expect them to? The most basic basic way to start communicating is by making eye contact. If you make eye contact with somebody, you know they see you and are paying attention to you. If a child with SM can make eye contact with you, great, step one complete. However, if a child can't make eye contact like our daughter couldn't, that is where you need to start. Like I've mentioned before, for our daughter, a reward system worked really well. When we started working with our SM therapist, she would give our daughter a little token anytime she made eye contact with her. A therapist or a teacher could also say things like, great job looking at me, you have such pretty blue eyes. Now this may not work for every child, So it's important for parents to understand how their child is motivated so that the person working with their child knows how to keep the momentum going. The next step we worked on after our daughter started being able to make eye contact with people was to point to things. When she was in preschool, she had a hard time communicating how she was feeling. When she arrived to school, she would go to a feelings chart and point to how she was feeling. If she was feeling happy, she would point to happy. If she was feeling hungry, she would point to hungry. If she was feeling tired, she would point to tired. This gave her an opportunity to communicate how she was feeling without having to say how she was feeling. Our next communication step was using fingers to communicate. Going off the previous example, instead of our daughter pointing to how she was feeling, teachers would ask her to hold up one finger if she was feeling happy, two fingers if she was feeling sad, and three fingers if she was feeling something different. This step was a little more advanced than simply pointing, and it was an achievable goal for her. Then we worked up to nodding her head in response to being asked a yes or no question. Again, our daughter had a very severe case of SM, so it was important for us to start easy and work our way up. If we, if we would have started with open-ended questions and worked our way down until she, she was able to communicate, she would have lost confidence in herself, I think it would have taken her a lot longer to get to a point of communicating her wants and needs. After she mastered nodding her head to a yes-no question on a consistent basis, we encouraged her to say mm-hmm or uh-uh in response to a yes-no question. This simple noise would be the very first noise her teachers or peers would hear. It was so important for her teachers to stay neutral to her response and not be overjoyed with her doing it. A simple, thanks for letting me know, is all she needed to indicate that knowing she did a good job. Another technique some SM specialists will use is to have the child make the s sound for yes or n for no. It is a way for them to start making sounds to eventually form words. Unfortunately, this strategy did not work for our daughter. She's a very black and white thinker, so to her it didn't make sense to say s when she needed to indicate yes to something. That's why we use mm-hmm or uh-uh. It made more sense to her, so she had more buy-in when trying to use her voice. From there, we moved up to answering yes or no. If a teacher is needing to find out which letters the young student knows, instead of asking which letter is it, which is an open-ended question, they could ask it something like... Is this the letter T, yes or no? When the child answers verbally, respond with a neutral tone. That's right. Thanks for telling me. Our teacher would have a little, little reward chart as they did exercises like this. The natural response for our daughter was to answer by nodding her head because it was the easiest and didn't cause her to feel anxious. But the teacher had to explain that if she answered with a yes or no, she would get a sticker on her reward chart. If she filled up the chart, she would get to pick something from the treasure chest. This helped motivate our daughter to actually say yes or no, and she could visually see how many times she was able to do it. We found that the biggest reason our daughter didn't want to use her voice was because she didn't know what would happen afterwards. Once she realized nothing bizarre happened to her after she spoke, she gained more confidence in using her voice. The step after verbally answering yes or no was answering a forced choice question. This was a question that had answer choices within the question. For example, is this the letter T or L? Again, when they answer, thank them for telling you in a neutral tone. That's right, thanks for telling me. Another tip the SM specialists recommend is to give the child up to five seconds to answer. Sometimes their processing speed is slow due to the the anxiety, so they may need just a little bit more time to answer. You can help lower their anxiety by not looking directly at them while they're thinking of the answer, If you're pointing to a letter, just keep looking at that letter until they answer. After the child is getting really good at answering the forced choice questions, it's time to move up to open-ended questions. This means the child is not given the answer within the question. They have to come up with it on their own. This is another time where giving them five seconds to answer may help. So which letter is this? Hopefully, by this point, they have found that when they answered in the past, nothing bad happened. Their anxiety has been lowered each time, which will give them a better opportunity to respond verbally. Depending on the child, these different stages may take time to get to the point of them answering open-ended questions, or they may be able to get to open-ended questions in in just one day. Understanding how high their anxiety is, what motivates them, and knowing to quit while you're ahead can all help move them up the communication ladder quicker. Many of my above examples were for teachers in the school setting but there's a lot that parents can do outside of school to give the child a better opportunity to speak within the school. During the younger years, children are usually required to read to the teacher. Our daughter began reading very early, but wasn't able to read to the teacher, so they didn't know where her reading level was at. I started working with her reading out loud by using the book, Go Dog Go. There are many of the same words over and over in this book. We started at home by her reading all the go words. I would read everything, but when I got to go, she would read it out loud, and I would make a mark on a reward chart. She would read; we would, re- we would read the whole book in this manner. We would then go to the local library and do the same thing, and then go to her school and to the park. When she was confident with that, she would read all the dog words in addition to go. Then she would read all the colors, and eventually she got to reading the entire book out loud in various places. I'm not going to lie, this was super time-consuming, but it was so worth it. During the summer before kindergarten, we started working with our daughter on recording herself reading. We wanted to have this be an option in case we needed to send a recording to her teacher. When we first started, she would not record herself with us present. She would have to be left alone in her room. Here's our first recording we did July of 2019. We... Um, we kept these for her so we could see the, the changes that over the, the month. So hopefully you'll be able to hear this one. It's pretty quiet as you could imagine. I know. Ready. <laughs> so she was pretty hesitant to start. Um, I'm going to fast forward it a little bit as it took her almost 50 seconds to finally be able to start reading so here she is reading As you can tell, she struggled, and even listening to that gets me a little teary-eyed, remembering back to how she was. But now I'll play with you a recording from just a month later of her practicing reading. Bubble on the tuba. Bubble is a construction, but he likes to scoop, dig, and build. He fires a rolling alligator. Bubble speeds up with his on new adventures, and then brings the chemistry in his packed danger level on the double. As you can hear, the reading was much louder and clearer than the first re- the first reading that we recorded. Eventually, she got to a point that she was able to record record herself reading with one of us in the room with her. This next recording is from October, so three months after the first one, where her dad and her were taking turns reading different pages of the book. She was really able to let her personality shine. To make silly masks for the Halloween festival under the sea, our flounder is a pirate. make no Halloween treats for no. the beast. pumpkin pirate's pirate. Cinderella hands out candy to all the trick-or-treaters who come to the castle. Gus likes to fill a little candy bag of his own. No. The door is low, Bobby, for us. Dopey is the best. <laughs> <laughs> so as you can see she definitely came a long way in a short amount of time but it does take time it can be an extremely sol- slow process but if you rush it the results of speaking may take even longer or the child may just give up it really is hard for me to believe that these recordings were taken only two years ago our daughter is a typical typical child at school now no one would know that she was once a girl that couldn't speak How many of my examples and strategies that I talked about were about young children. Again, that was the age that our daughter struggled the most was when she was young. But don't forget, October 22nd to the 25th, I will be hosting a free online summit specifically geared towards information for teens and adults with SM. You can register by going to www.smhelp.org. My intention is to keep the summits and this podcast as a free SM resource. But as you can imagine, there are costs associated with each one of them. If you're willing to contribute to some of the operation costs, I have a link below. If you contribute $10, you'll get one free awareness bracelet. And if you contribute $20, you'll receive two free awareness bracelets. Your generosity is greatly appreciated. If you have any questions about SM or are looking to brainstorm ideas on how to get your child to the next level of communication, feel free to email me at smhelp2020 at gmail.com or reach out to me via Facebook or Instagram. Take care.